Welcome everyone to X106, KZOX LP Maryville, when the tune in radio app, Austin Hall and Nolan Brooks with you for the next hour or so, and we are here with Friday Take, as always, every Friday, noon to one here on X106, and we are going to begin today with the news that broke late last night, early this morning, and everyone in between about Antonio Brown possibly going to Buffalo. Uh, that did not take place. Instead, he is now going to stay as of 12-01 as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ian Rapport reported last night that Buffalo was indeed heading towards a deal with the Steelers, but instead they gave up on that and are now going to head towards possibly doing something else in free agency. Um, so for right now, AB is still staying in Pittsburgh, um, this kind of broke it last night. Everyone on Twitter making fun of it. Tony Brown making the trade demand and going to Buffalo. Um, what is... It, it, it's a weird situation because it was reported, done deal, all that. Twitter went off and then it's not done. And AB uh, commented on his Instagram... That it was fake news, all that stuff, and now it's not going to happen. So, how does this... Can the Steelers even get rid of him now? Um, I, I think they could still get rid of him, for sure. But, uh... What I would be worried about is how much the Steelers are going to want for him now. It's show, he, he just showed you that it's going to be tough to get me. You're going to have to give up a lot if you want me on your team. And... That kind of sucks for people, but, I mean, that that's the harsh reality of trying to pick up a superstar or wide receiver talent. So I, it, it's going to be tough. If teams want him, they're going to have to give up a lot of uh, aspects of their team or players on their team um, and draft picks because he thinks, he thinks he's worth it. And when you shoot down an entire franchise like that uh, and – completely ruined trade talks at the moment um you're gonna stir the pot and i think that's what i think that's what the whole bills trade talk thing did was stir the pot and he tipped the pot over he didn't want it stirred anymore so yeah um it it looks like he kind of wasn't feeling buffalo um at the start of it when they first reported it um now he is still a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they keep him until March 13th, um, he's owed $3.5 million. Um, and that could be used towards, like, another player if you're Pittsburgh. Um, they obviously want him gone. They obviously don't want him in the organization anymore. Um, this is... It, it, they're trying to free cap space, but yet they're losing one of the best wide receivers in the NFL based on his attitude. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a common occurrence, though, nowadays. Um, you have these, you know, multi-million dollar athletes who have a bit of an attitude. You know, they, they think, I, I need to be paid more money by another team. I'm tired of this organization. I need to, quote, you know, move on and, you know, f- go on to the next aspect of my career. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's... I don't like when players act that way. I don't like when they give an attitude about money because they've already made millions of dollars, but they're giving more attitude because you're not getting more money out of it. 
That just doesn't make any sense well, to me. It, is, is it a money issue? Like, from your opinion on this, or? I don't know if it's a money issue as much. Like, money obviously is going to be the telltale where he goes. But yeah, I think it's a it's who who wants to take on this burden? You know, he basically destroyed Pittsburgh for you know calling Big Ben a like a bad quarterback essentially because he didn't throw to him deep enough or something along those lines. So it's yeah, I think it'll come down to who wants to deal with uh, something like that. Who wants to bring in a player who essentially wants to be the leader over the quarterback? They want to be the guy. They, you know, so who whoever wants to take on that burden, I mean, that, that obviously that'll be the team for him. Um, but as of right now, I don't know who that is because no one's really opening up to that idea. Um, a lot of teams are moving pieces around. Um, we're nearing the official start of the new season of the NFL. Um, we haven't talked about Nick Foles going to Jacksonville um, at the start of the new year um they can't you know talk about anything but how do you think um nick Foles will fit in jacksonville and they're gonna release Blake Bortles? I, I think jacksonville's the perfect fit for nick Foles. um he's gonna go in there and he's gonna immediately be a guy that they look to make an impact on their offense um i mean he's created he's created that playoff mindset in philadelphia the past couple of years you know, he was a leader. He was, he was a, you know, a head and shoulders above everybody else in that area of the game. So I, I think it's, I think he's going to get the right opportunity in Jacksonville. Um, you know, Jacksonville has the weapons. They didn't lose anybody. I mean, they have the weapons. It's so the quarterback. Exactly. So I mean, if you bring in the right quarterback, which I think Nick Foles is, um, I think he's going to flourish in Jacksonville. I originally thought. They would move up in the draft to three and take Dwayne Haskins, and they might still do that. Um, but I don't know. That That's another topic for another day. And the draft is coming up, and it looks like Arizona and new coach Cliff Kingsbury is going to take uh, Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick, and they are going to move Josh Rosen. I, I can see why this deal or this move makes sense. Um, they need somebody more dynamic than what they thought Josh Rosen was going to be. Um, they, I think they see something in Kyler Murray that he'll come in and make an immediate impact on their franchise. Um, you know, when was the last time Arizona had a quarterback who can run and throw at the same time? Carson Palmer. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a little bit. So they, they, need, they need somebody who's a dynamic weapon in an offense and if they see that in Kyler Murray then they're going to go out and get him if not I think they'll go defense and take Nick Bosa do you need it do you need uh do you need that though for the defense I mean it was okay last year yeah I I still think if they do good defense they'll take they'll take Nick Bosa I mean their their DNs are decent but I mean it doesn't hurt to add in another weapon and mold him because, I mean, he's not – I think he's NFL ready, but, I mean, you know, there's still room for improvement in every player. So I think Arizona would still be a good spot defense-wise because they have, they have the weapons on defense to be able to teach him and make him even better than he already is. So, 
Um, and for those of you who didn't listen to our podcast version this past week, um, the Chiefs are making a bunch of moves. It looks like during the offseason um, and during the NFL Combine, it looks like they are going to franchise D Ford, but also f- try and find some trade suitors for him. Um, it looks like they might release Eric Berry before March 13th, and it looks like they might try and find someone for Justin Houston as well. I think these are the right moves. I know you and I talked about how the Chiefs are obviously trying to reload on defense. They got rid of Bob Sutton. You know, that was the first step. Um, Now you need to move out the players that you think aren't going to impact you in the long run. So the Chiefs are clearly loading up to either make trades for defensive players or they're, you know, clearing out space to attack the draft aggressively in the defensive player area and – this is the perfect draft to do so. I mean, this is a defensive loaded draft from top to bottom. So I think the Chiefs are doing the smart move here. And, um, you know, look for them to go after some linebackers and maybe maybe some corners and safeties to really complement their defense and solidify them as a team because they already got the offense. The offense is there. And the defense is was there a little bit, but there's just a few extra – you know, things they need to add in. And if they go after the draft as aggressively as I think they will, then uh, they could get their weapons. Um, and one of the most standout players of the NFL Combine um, was DK Metcalf. Yes. Um, he tore it up tremendously, and he is now the best wide receiver in this combine, in this draft class by a mile. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think he really did surprise a lot of people. Um I mean, congrats to him for really showing that, uh, you know, I'm worth a draft pick. You know, I have the skill set. I have the, I have the physical ability to be a, you know, a legitimate threat in the NFL. Um, now, where he goes, I don't know. I that he could easily be in the in the top five, and you know, go to a, a smaller market team that needs that wide receiver weapon that they might not have. So, uh, I don't know. It really depends on who wants to go after him and pursue him. And I'm, I'm sure he'll make an impact wherever he goes. That was the NFL News. And if you missed our podcast version of our show last week due to us not having a live show, um, Bryce Harper is going to Philadelphia 13 years, $330 million. Um, with... You said on the podcast version, you don't mind the money. You don't like the years. Yeah. Um, thinking about it since we talked, um, it, it, it makes sense, the money. He's obviously worth that much. Um, but you don't sign anyone to a 13-year contract, I believe. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it was just so weird because you always, whenever you get these big contracts like this, they always have an opt-out clause or something of that matter, you know, a quarter of the way in, halfway, or three-quarters of the way into the contract. Bryce Harper, when he was in the market, said, I don't want a trade clause. Wherever I go, I'm, I want to be there. I want to stay there. Um, you know, it's a family thing. He wants his wife and kid to not have to move anymore, and it makes sense, but, I mean... Man, 13 years is a long time in baseball. I said that on the podcast. That is a long, long time. I think I even joke, like, 
we could have robots playing each other in the All-Star game in 13 years. You don't know. So, I mean, it's if he flourishes in Philly, then, I mean, sure, 13 years is going to be great for him. Um, you know, this is his prime. It really is. He's in his prime. So I think he needs to take advantage of it, you know, really soak it in that you're the highest paid athlete in MLB baseball, you know, take advantage of it, perform to the level that they're holding you to by paying you $330 million and, you know, maybe bring a title back to Philly. Um, yeah, um, Philly's taking a huge risk here, obviously. Um, if you didn't listen to, um, his press conference, um, introducing Bryce, um, he seemed all in, um, just smiling. <laughs> it's what he said. He, oh, the Philly he messed up. Bring it all back to DC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now speaking over to more baseball news, um, Salvador Perez, the catcher for the Kansas City Royals, it looks like he is out for the year with Tommy John surgery being successful. Um, and now it looks like they're losing their star catcher for the year. How does that affect them? Um, that's going to affect them tremendously. Um, last year, Salvador Perez was a a big piece in their batting lineup. I mean, he brought a he brought in a lot of scoring. I mean, and not to mention he's one of the top catchers in the entire MLB. His pop time is amazing. He, I mean, it's it, it's going to be humongous for Kansas City. I know they are looking for catchers right now. They did get rid of Drew Butera, so I mean. They need somebody, and there, there's some pretty good catchers out there in the market. Um, so I, I think Kansas City needs to be careful and make make sure they have the right choice here. Um, you know, prayers to a speedy recovery for Salvi. I mean, this sucks. How often do you hear of a catcher having to get Tommy John? Never. Exactly. So it's 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 weird, but I mean, it sucks. I think Kansas City is gonna have to really buckle down and come together as a team you know they were they're looking to bounce back they had a terrible year last year so they're looking to bounce back and then this happened so this is you know one step forward five or six steps back actually because salvador Perez is such a huge part of their of the organization so hopefully they make the right choice and get the right guy all right, coming up here on X106 NBA News, we will break down the Eastern and West Conference standings with 15 games to go. And LeBron reached a historic milestone, but Lakers fans did not seem to care about it at all. We'll be back after this right here on X106 Friday Take here on KZOX LP Maryville. Back here on X106 Friday Take, Austin Hall and Nolan Brooks with you. And we are back here talking the NBA. And last night, a couple nights ago, I should say, LeBron James past Michael Jordan for fourth on the all-time scoring list. The top four players on that list have all been Los Angeles Lakers at one point in their careers. Uh, this was a historic achievement in Los Angeles. Just didn't seem to care. No. Uh, kind of sucks because, I mean, LeBron is arguably one of the greatest ever to play the game, and just because the Lakers are kind of playing crap basketball this year it, it kind of got slid under the really playing crap basketball he got slid under the table um i don't know i i think people need to recognize a universal talent when you see it and clearly they weren't recognizing it the other night because they were just 
All they could talk about was how they blew the last minute 47 of the game and let Denver run away with it. They came back, and they lost it anyway. So I I don't know. It, it kind of sucks, but big congrats to LeBron. I mean, the, what a career, and he's not even close to being done yet. That's what's scary. You know, year 15 for Kobe when he hit that point, when he passed Jordan, I mean, he was kind of, you know, he'd had an injury or two. So he was kind of on the downward slope. I don't see LeBron on a downward slope as of right now. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Kareem, Malone, Bryant, and James is the top four. All four of those guys have worn Laker uniforms. LeBron is 1,332 points away from Kobe Bryant. He is 4,000 away from Malone and 6,000 away from Kareem. Um, speaking of the Lakers, they have lost four straight, and it looks like from Yahoo Sports that LeBron is going to be resting on and off for the rest of the year. It's not a shutdown per se, but he is not going to be as active for the Lakers for the rest of the way, and this is them waving a white flag. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think this is this is them saying we're five games back and we're not going to get those five games back. Um, I think it's smart of them to begin to shut down LeBron um you know you 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 became a big spender going out and getting him and bringing him into your franchise so shutting him down at the right time is definitely the move um I it sucks that you know there's so many kids nowadays all they know in NBA playoff basketball is LeBron James and you aren't getting it this year you know nine straight finals in a row with LeBron James in it, that that's crazy, and now you're not gonna. That's not gonna happen this year. So I don't know. It, it'll be a change of scenery, but it's also I don't know. To me personally, it's nice to see somebody different in there. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, just me though. Somebody different, like the Warriors. Somebody <laughs> different playing the Warriors. We all know the Warriors are that. That's nothing new. Somebody different playing the Warriors. As we look at the Western Conference, with most of the teams having 15 games to go, um, the eighth spot is currently held by the Los Angeles Clippers as they are up by a four-game spread over the Sacramento Kings and four-and-a-half games above, actually five-and-a-half games above the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, the same with the Lakers. Timberwolves and Lakers have the same record at 30 and 35 the Kings are 32 and 32 Clippers are 37 and 29 can Sacramento catch up to LA with 15 to go down by four um I I don't I don't see Sacramento catching up I I I know they're making quite a run um but the Clippers are also they're hitting that run at almost simultaneously you know they're they're making their playoff run now they're pushing to win some key games so I think Sacramento could get within two, but then that'll be it. Um, and then I think Sacramento would need to build off of that. That would be something huge is realize, you know, we, we have the pieces and we're on the cusp of making the playoffs. What do we need to do now? What weapons do we need to bring in? You know, what, what, what needs to happen? So I think that's where Sacramento stands and the Clippers will hold that spot. Um, honestly... Realistically, if you look at it, spots six through eight in the bottom of the Western Conference are up for grabs. 
They all essentially have the same record. Three, three through five is up for grabs. That too, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a toss-up in the West. One and two are basically guaranteed with Denver and Golden State. So, I mean, I I don't see that changing much. Um, so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting in the West. Now, the East, it's, you we'll know. We'll that later. Yeah. Um, the Thunder last night pulled a great one out against the Portland Trailblazers. They swept Portland this year, so they obviously own the tiebreaker against them. They own the tiebreaker against the Rockets. Um, do they stay the three seed? Yeah, I could see I could see them staying at the three seed. Um, they, they're playing great basketball right now. They're kind of surprising everybody because, you know, they played such subpar basketball last year, and, you know, just they're just above 500 which was weird for the Thunder because normally the Thunder are they're contenders in the West. And what what was cool about it is even at just above 500, they're still a contender in the West. So I, I think now they're playing that level of basketball that people are used to with the Thunder, that, that they could be a serious threat in the West. I could see them, you know, pushing and making a run and beating Denver in a seven-game series if they end up playing each other. And, you know playing Golden State in the in the West Finals. So, I don't know. It's it's a toss-up. The Western Conference, as it stands, is the Warriors are number one. The Nuggets are a game back at number two. Thunder is third at four and a half back. The Rockets and Trailblazers are basically tied. The Trailblazers are down a loss uh, through four for five. The Jazz are sixth with seven games back of Golden State. The Spurs are seventh, and the Clippers are eighth. The Spurs own a tiebreaker over the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, I like I said, it's a toss-up. You, you just don't know what's going to happen. I know that I think that, that tiebreaker with the Spurs over the Clippers is going to be kind of the deal-breaker with who is at 7 or 8 and who's going to play Golden State. Um, if, <laughs> if, if the Clippers are at 8, if they stay at 8 and uh, they're playing the Warriors in the first round, uh, that that's done, though. I'm sorry, that's a sweep. So I don't. Eastern Conference is looking much of the same, except the top four teams, top five teams are above 500. Everyone else is right at 500. Um, Bucks at first at 4-9-16, best record in the NBA. The Raptors are three games back of them. The Pacers are seven and a half back at 42-24. 76ers are eight back. Celtics are nine and a half back, and then the list just falls off. Detroit is 32-31, 16 games back. The Nets are 34-33 and 33 at 16 games back as well, and the Heat own the 8th spot at 30-34. and 40, 34. Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think this is what we were anticipating, that the top five in the East were really going to be the same five all year long. Um, it's honestly a little bit more spaced out than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the three-game difference between the Raptors and Bucks, I didn't see that happening, but... Um, I don't know. It's, I think it. I think the team that's surprising me the most in the East is the Pacers, holding a three spot without Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. That that that's cool. That, that that's crazy to me. So, um, I don't know. It. I think it's going to be a battle between those top five and six through eight are going to have their own <laughs> kind of battle. Um, but I mean, don't. Don't completely count out a team like the Nets that could, you know, play the Raptors and give them a run for their money. I mean, they're not bad, 
but they're not at the Raptors level, so don't completely sleep on them all the way. The battle for the eighth seed as Miami is at the eighth seed. The Magic are a game back, as are the Charlotte Hornets, and the Wizards are three games back of the Heat, and that is basically it as the Hawks and Bulls are almost ten games out of the eighth spot. So who gets it? I could see the Hornets making a push, honestly. I could see them pushing and winning a few key games uh, down the stretch in the final, you know, 15 games or so of the season. Um, making a push and pulling out that that eight spot and getting back into the playoffs. I mean, they did it last year. Um, you know, they surprised everybody and, and earned their ticket. So I think that's that that's for right now. I think the Hornets could make the biggest push um, and get the eight spot. All right, that is going to do it for X106 Friday Take for this week. Again, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Google Play, iTunes, we are everywhere you listen to us. You can also listen to us live as we are doing right now on X106 every Friday, noon to one-ish. I'll say one-ish because Nolan's on immediately (laughs) afterwards right here on X106. That's going to do it for us. For Austin Hall and Nolan Books, we will see you next Friday.